You're listening to a sermon from Centerpoint Bathgate, available here each week. We hope you enjoy this talk and join us for more, either online or in person at Simpson Primary School Bathgate, any Sunday morning at half past ten. Good morning, church. Good to see you. Glad that you are along with us today as we continue our series called Great Faith. Jesus encountered a couple of people during his ministry to whom he looked at and said, you have great faith. One of them was a a Gentile woman, a Syrophoenician woman, and in the Greek, that word for great is mega. I like that. He told this woman, you have mega faith. And so we're asking the Lord to build into our lives mega faith, great faith, because in Hebrews chapter 6, it says that everything that pleases God is rooted in faith. In chapter 11, as we're going to see that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so we're going to read our text and then unpack this today and see what the Lord would speak to us. We're in Hebrews chapter 11, and we're looking at verses 5 and 6, a short bit of scripture, but quite powerful. So we'll read this and then try to unpack it a bit. Hebrews 11, starting in verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, this bit of text is about this guy named Enoch, and the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about Enoch, but in the context of Hebrews chapter 11, Enoch stands out a bit. Because if you go on as as we're going to over the next few weeks, looking at the, the rest of what comes after this, these are some of the great champions of faith from the Old Testament. These were the household names. These were the the stars, the the premier league superstars of faith. They're, They're written here in this chapter. And these people all did great things. They all did exploits. And so Abraham is mentioned there, and Moses is mentioned there, and Samuel and the prophets and these great heroes of the faith who did amazing things. And then there's Enoch. And I'm so glad Enoch is there because Enoch has or demonstrates faith for the rest of us. Enoch demonstrates great faith in the mundane routines of life. Because as you're reading through this list, you think Abraham and Isaac and Noah and these heroes, you think, oh, that's all great. Of course you need great faith if you're going to lead you know, a bunch of people through the Red Sea. Of course you need great faith if you're, if you're a, a small shepherd boy and you're going to go fight a giant. Of course you need great faith for that. And then we look at our own lives and we think, well, God's not called me to be Abraham. God's not called me to be Noah. God's not called me to be Moses. I really don't need great faith. I can just sort of get by with micro faith. I don't need mega faith. That's, that's for those heroes. 
Now, those heroes are in this chapter so that we can learn something from them, and we're going to do that over the next few weeks. But today, we're looking at a guy who discovered faith in a completely different way. Now, a contemporary example of this from my own life, I remember as a young guy reading this uh, book called uh, God Smuggler. It's by a guy named Brother Andrew. And in this book, he tells the story back during the period of the Soviet Union and the Cold War and the Iron Curtain, he used to smuggle Bibles into the Soviet Union. And that was highly illegal. And like each trip that he went into the Soviet Union across this border was a step of faith. He could have been arrested and shipped off to the gulags in Siberia. And so his prayer it was like the opposite of what Jesus prayed sometimes. His prayer was as he's approaching these guards who were going to investigate this old beat-up Volkswagen that he had designed specifically so that he could hide Bibles in it without these KGB agents finding it. He used to pray this, Lord, in your word you made blind eyes see. I pray that you would make these seeing eyes blind. And with that prayer, he would boldly go and take the Bible, the Word of God, into the Soviet Union. And I remember thinking that, re reading as a boy and, and thinking, wow, he has to have great faith. Now, I don't need great faith because I'm not called to do that, but somebody like that, these heroes of the faith, wow, of course they need great faith. What we're going to see in the life of Enoch is that we can experience and please God in the mundane details of life. The truth is, when you're paying your bills, when you're shopping at Tesco, when you're going to work, when you're on the school run, when you're changing yet one more nappy, it's easy for us to think, this is just the mundane details of life and really has nothing to do with my relationship with God. Glorifying God is this other category of stuff like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are like Brother Andrew. But what Enoch shows us is that in the mundane details of life, we can please God. And in those details, especially if you're paying bills, in those details, we need great faith. So let's just look at what the Bible tells us here about this fellow Enoch. Not much, but what it does say is powerful. First, in verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. Now, this phrase, taken up, and then it comes back and says, and he was not found because God had taken him. So Enoch is one of two people in the Bible who, in the Old Testament, they did not die. The other one was Elijah. Just So Enoch is walking with God and in, in such a way, and that God's so excited and just enjoying this relationship so much, God says, you're coming to be with me. And so Enoch just skips that death moment and goes straight to God. Now, this is not the normal way that things are done. And so it's a remarkable story, and the, that, that's in here, that he was translated straight from life into heaven. But the next phrase is why that happened and is the, the key thing for us to, moan, to notice. And that is, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. So it wasn't God just randomly picking someone. Enoch pleased God. There was something in his life that pleased God, made God happy, got God so excited, he said, come on up, boy. I'm taking you to be with me. And this is what Enoch 
experienced. And so I want to go back and see if we can learn more from Genesis. What is it about Enoch that so pleased God that God just took him? What was this great faith that was playing out in Enoch's life? And if we go back to Genesis chapter 5, we read the whole story of Enoch in about three, three or four verses. Genesis chapter 5, this is what we read in verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So, this is all that we know about Enoch. We know that Enoch had a father. We know that Enoch became a father. We know that Enoch walked with God. We know that God took him. Now, the context here is that things were going from bad to worse after Adam unleashed the genie of sinfulness into human life. It gets progressively worse until the flood, which is in the very next chapter. But here in the midst of all this progressive wickedness, Enoch is marching to a different drumbeat. He's following God. And the thing here that he does that sets him apart from everyone else is it simply says, Enoch walked with God. That's it. Enoch walked with God. Through his walking with God, God commended him to the degree that he said, Sonny boy, come on up. I want you to be with me. What Enoch experienced in heaven in the presence of God was simply a greater degree of what he was enjoying here on planet Earth. He was walking with God. What he shows us is that in the mundane details of life, you can walk with God, know God, experience God, and please God. Enoch didn't do anything great like Abraham leaving Ur of the Chaldeas to go inherit the promised land. He didn't do anything great like Noah building the ark. He didn't do anything great like Moses leading the people through the He just walked with God. Now, what's interesting, and you may have noticed this, is that Hebrews says he pleased God. Here in Genesis, it says he walked with God. Now, what we have is the difference between the Hebrew and the Greek translation. And so, in the Hebrew, which the The Hebrew manuscript is is called the the MT. It has this, what we just read there, that Enoch walked with God. Now, when this was, the Old Testament was translated into the Greek, and at the time of Jesus, many of the synagogues throughout the Roman Empire would have been reading the Greek Old Testament. This word walked with God was translated as pleased God. And so you can read it either way. The author of Hebrews uses the Greek translation of the Old Testament. So that's why in Hebrews it says, Enoch pleased God. And so the key thought here is that these two things are saying the same thing, walking with God and pleasing God in the mundane details of life. So the picture in your mind this morning is you're paying bills, you're on the school run, you're going to work. You're changing a nappy. You're in the fruit and veg section at Tesco. And rather than seeing those things different from pleasing God, 
you're saying it is in those things that I am pleasing God. Because in those things, I'm walking with God. Now, what does that look like? Well, all of this, according to Hebrews, happened by faith. Very simply, in the mundane details of life, Enoch was leaning on or trusting in God. In other words, he didn't draw a circle around going to church on Sundays and saying, that's where I encounter God, then I've got the rest of my life out here. No, he said, Jesus is Lord of the whole deal, and whether I'm shopping or working or praying or reading the Bible, I'm experiencing God in everything. He walked with God, meaning that he leaned on and trusted in God in the details of life. Remember, what is faith? Faith is simply the confidence that God's promises are true. It is simply acting like God is not a liar. Faith is simply believing that what God has said is true and living like it. And this is what Enoch was doing. Faith is not some spiritual experience experienced on a powerful worship gathering Sunday morning. It can include that, but for Enoch and for us, it happens in the details of life. As we're just in the mundaneness of living this life, we can walk with God and we can please God. Now, for me, one of the greatest examples of this that I'm aware of is a fellow from the 17th century named Brother Lawrence. Now, this guy ended up in France. He lived in France, and he ended up as a monk in a monastery. Now, before that, he came from a very poor family, and he needed food, so he signed up to be a mercenary in the army and did that for a while just so he could eat, but then eventually had this spiritual hunger, and so he thought, he said, you know, I'm going to join a monastery so I can connect with God. And so you could understand that. Somebody fills this spiritual need, and so I'm going to do the most spiritual thing that I can to experience God. So he signs up, joins the monastery, and then the monastery leader gives him a job. Brother Lawrence, welcome to our team. You've got kitchen duty. And so Brother Lawrence got assigned to the kitchen. His job was peeling potatoes. And so this fellow who had this deep spiritual hunger and yearning and passion, wanting to connect with God, ends up spending his life peeling potatoes. This is what I want you to see. In the middle of peeling potatoes, you can experience and know and enjoy the presence of God. Listen to some of the things that Brother Lawrence wrote and discovered. There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. Those only can comprehend it who practice it and experience it. Let us think often that our only business in this life is to please God. Perhaps all besides is but folly and vanity. Let us occupy ourselves entirely in knowing God. The more we know Him, the more we desire to know Him. As love increases with knowledge, the more we know God, the more we will truly love Him. We will learn to love Him equally in times of distress or in times of great joy. So for Brother Lawrence, peeling potatoes was not a distraction from knowing God. Peeling potatoes was the platform in which he knew God. 
Which brings us back to enjoying God, pleasing God, and walking with God in the mundane details of life. You're changing a nappy. You're paying a bill. You're going to work. That's not stuff that's separate from your spirituality. All of that is the life platform in which the Lord invites you. Know me, experience me, and walk with me in that. Some of us have this mentality, church is where I do spiritual stuff, then I've got the rest of life. No, Jesus is Lord of the whole enchilada, for those of you south from the border. And in that, we can experience God in everything. Now, if we go back to Hebrews chapter 11, we'll learn a little bit about how we can do that. And then we'll pray and ask the Lord to help us do this. We looked at verse 5, and it says that Enoch was commended as having pleased God. And then verse 6 tells us exactly how we can please God. It says this, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So first, the first phrase, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without believing that God is, that, without believing that God tells the truth, without believing that his promises are sure, it's impossible to please God. It is impossible to please God by anything else apart from faith. The foundation of pleasing God is very simply believing that what he says is true. Now, the good news is that you can turn this around by crossing out the, 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 the two little words there. Um, without, you can make, cross out the out, and with the impossible, cross out the M, and you can say, with faith, it is possible to please God. Some of us have this thought that pleasing God, God's so perfect and we're so broken. No, it's impossible for us to please God. Not true. You can absolutely please God. Simply believe what he says. Simply believe God's word is true. By faith, you can please him. Now, the next phrase is also important. It says that whoever would draw near to God. And so there is an intention. There is an, a desire. So Enoch wasn't just simply living life, but in the living of life, he was desiring to draw near to God. He wanted closeness with God in the midst of his life. And so the premise here is that we desire to draw near to God. And then it gives us two qualifications for how it is that we should draw near to God. First, we must believe that he exists. Now, this seems somewhat self-evident. You wouldn't want to draw near to someone that you didn't believe existed. That doesn't make any sense. But this is describing more than just, yeah, I believe that God, a God, some kind of higher being or some kind of higher power is there. No, this says that to please God, you have to believe that he exists. The he who exists is the he that exists. And so the he that's being described here is the he, the God of the Bible, not the God of our imagination. Sometimes we make God in our own image and think that that's the God who exists, when actually the God who exists is the God who exists, and that's the he to whom we are invited to come and draw near and believe that he exists, which is a long and complicated way of saying that the God who exists is the God of the Bible. The God who exists is the God who spoke and created the universe. The God who exists is the God who loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to save us from our sins. 
So we please God by believing that he, that that God, not a different God, but that that God exists. And so, in short, how is it that we know and enjoy and experience God in the mundane details of life? Number one, we believe that he exists. Just believe that. That's the first step. Faith in him and who he is. But not just that. The second thing is that it says, believe that, and he rewards those who seek him. Now, for some of us, this is a big coin to drop. God wants us to believe he is a rewarder. That is his nature. Because if we don't believe that about him, if we don't believe he rewards those who seek him, then we're actually believing in a different God. Because the God who exists rewards those who seek him. And so the scripture is inviting us, believe that there is reward. Now, there's lots of rewards that come with this. The reward of forgiveness, the reward of adoption into the family of God, the reward of being able to know God. But at the end of the day, the greatest reward is God himself. He is our great reward. So number one, we believe he exists. And number two, we believe he rewards. And number three, all of this is rooted very simply in seek him. Jesus said it like this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Now, the truth is, most of us spend a whole lot of time thinking about all these things, because all of these things, those are the things that dominate our lives. The things like trying to figure out how am I going to pay the bills this month? How am I going to get the school run done? How am I going to get all my work done? How am I going to change one more nappy? How am I going to pick the right avocado in the fruit and veg section of Tesco? These are the things that weigh on us. In all of these things, Jesus says, number one, seek first. Now, you could say seek first. We'll do that first thing in the morning or seek first, make it the main priority. That's probably both. Seek first. Make Jesus number one. Seek him with all of our hearts. And Jesus promises all this reward comes to us. So what do we learn from Enoch? Very simply, we can please God and enjoy God by walking with him in the mundane details of life. Believe he exists, believe he rewards, and seek him with all of your heart. And you'll experience the fullness of what God has for you. Even if you're not a great hero of the faith, like Abraham, Noah, or David. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of Enoch. Lord, we confess that often we let ourselves off the hook thinking we don't need great faith because we feel like you've not called us to do great exploits. We write ourselves out of the story because we're not Abraham, or we're not David, or we're not Noah. Yet, Lord, you've put Enoch here in this hall of faith, not because he did anything great, but just because he walked with you. And in walking with you, he was pleasing to you. He believed that you were. He believed that you reward, and he determined to seek you. Father, we confess 
First, that we often seek many other things, that our hearts and our minds are distracted by all these things. Jesus invites us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Lord, we confess that rather than trusting in you and the mundane details of life, we often trust in ourselves, and that trust in ourselves produces the fruit of anxiety. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would forgive us. I pray that you'd wash us and cleanse us. And I pray that you would refresh us in this big idea that we can please you as we walk with you in the mundane details of life. Lord, I pray that every day, regardless of whether we're peeling potatoes or doing something great for you, that in these details of life, that we would enjoy you, connect with you, lean on you, converse with you, trust you, and experience your goodness and grace in every nook and cranny of our lives. We pray this, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.